Welcome to our podcast, Growing Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. This program is brought to you by Victoria Kindle Hodson and Mary Emma Willis of Reflective Educational Perspectives. They are founders of the Learning Success Institute and Solomar Academy Independent Study Program. They are also co-authors of Discover Your Child's Learning Style and Self-Portrait Power Traits Assessment. Their mission is to give parents and teachers the tools to empower kids to thrive in the real world by focusing on their strength, or as they call it, power traits. Please visit powertraitsforlife.com or reflectiveed.com for more information. You can also check out learningsuccessinstitute.com and solomaracademy.com. Welcome back to Growing Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. I'm Mary Emma, and today we're talking about the difference between schooling and learning. Here's Victoria to lead the discussion. Hi. Hi, Mary Emma. Hi, everyone. Yes, this is a, a big theme for me. Uh, the difference between schooling and learning. I've participated in so many workshops at our institute where the the people involved their parents their teachers and oftentimes they say you know what i spent all those years in school and i don't remember a thing <laughs> that's me i, I <laughs> know that's everyone but, really <laughs> well how about you you tell us that story because well, I mean, you know, I got all about. A's in school from the minute I started in kindergarten, right. and uh, of course, I remember how to read and write, and yeah. that was natural at that. That was just a talent for me, anyway, um, and math. But the facts that you have to memorize, you know, like to take the test, the history and the science and all right. of that, and so really, I can say I don't know anything because. I just, you know, I know a couple dates. I know World War II, World War One, and I, when Christopher Columbus came to right. America. But, um, and but I got all A's, you know. So at the time, I was able to read it, um, memorize it, and regurgitate it back. Exactly, and that's a kind of learning, but not real long-lasting. So could learning. we say you were schooled? Sure. But where was the learning? Right. And so you learned there, you learned how to take the test. Yes. Right? Yes. You could read the information, yes. memorize it. Yes. So the skills stayed with me. Yeah. The skills I learned, like reading, comprehension, math, skills, those kinds of things. But the rote learning doesn't stick. Doesn't so it's almost like busy work to do it, you know. Exactly. And I remember you telling me uh, a while back, and you remind me if this is true, that sometimes you didn't do things that you thought would be fun and interesting, didn't pursue some of your interests because you were studying. Oh, I was too busy <laughs> memorizing <laughs> for the test. Exactly. Yeah. 
So there we have it. You were schooled, but where was the learning? Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that you're picking up here on the difference between schooling and learning. Yeah, and I I don't think we want to say that there's no learning at all happening in school. Yes, there is. Um, But a lot of it is more like schooling, like, you know, we're calling schooling. And I think this is the part, if I just, I'm going to just jump a little here, that right now with parents um, almost being petrified, (laughs) having their kids at home and needing to teach them or help them with their schoolwork. But not just, this isn't just homework. Right. It's school at home because of the virus. So they're thrown into this. And it's been a few weeks now, but I know that a lot of parents are still, you know, pretty scared, upset, not sure, because right. they, they think, I'm not a teacher. Right. How can I do this? I'm not a teacher. Yeah. And that's partly why I wanted to bring up this distinction, because if you're at home, And like some of my relatives, young relatives, nieces, nephews, they're receiving lessons from the school. Right. And every day. And then they're expected to do these lessons. And it's fine. It creates a structure for their schooling. And what I'd like to point out to parents is that the rest of the day, if you're willing to let the teachers handle that and not get too involved yourself, mm-hmm. the rest of the day, there are amazing learning opportunities. It's just endless. Yes. Your kids' interests, they have so many things they'd like to investigate. And your support of that helps create harmony, and cooperation for in your day. Yes, were you going to say something, Mariela? Yes, I was just going to say that, you know, kids are at school for several hours. You know, it could be 8 to 3, depending on the school, or 8.30 to 2.30, or whatever, whatever it is, but it's a few hours. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, they are not doing five or six hours straight of school. You know what I mean? They're not like sitting there for the entire five. There there are breaks, there are recess, there's lunch, all of these things are moving around to another class or whatever if if they're older. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that this would be a good point to bring up too because parents might be thinking that their child should be sitting there (laughs) you know, from 8 to 2.30 or 8 to 3 doing school. And really, there's only maybe at the most three hours uh, of school that Mm -hmm. actually actually takes place, maybe Mm -hmm. two and a half. So even with the lessons coming from the teachers online or whatever form, Zoom classes, whatever, that once those are over, they're over. And so for parents not not to be so upset about, oh my gosh, what should I make them do more math? Should I make them do more this? Right. You know, it's still only um, one o'clock. What do we do? And so this is where what you're saying yeah. can take over. They've done their, quote, schoolwork. Now, 
What else? Now expand. <laughs> this comes from our CARES principles. Expand your frame of where learning takes yeah. place because these young people can have so much fun with different family activities, with um, cooking, with, I mean, even the chores. Mm -hmm. If they are able to participate and help come up with the strategies for how to do these things. And even making a game out of it. It, you know. Yes, exactly. Put on some music, time the chores. I don't know. The kids will have ideas if right. they're involved in the solutions. Figure out what we need to do. And to add, I think the hardest part for parents to accept is there is tremendous learning here. Right. And if it, um, let's say there are some um, things to do in the, in the home that you've been wanting to do, like, I don't know, clean out a closet, or maybe the kids um, have been waiting to redecorate their rooms, or maybe there's painting to be done, or what if, you know, <laughs> DIY kinds of things, crafts yes, and right. things like that. I mean, this is a good time um, to do that if if the student is interested in that, you know. So, um, but think of all, let's say you were going to maybe paint um, mm -hmm. one of the kids' rooms. Well, all of the math that goes in there, they have to figure out the square footage of the walls and how much paint do you need and how much will that cost? But it it would be a fun thing to do if they're you know motivated and excited about getting their yeah. rooms done. Exactly. So these are some ideas. Or if they're into crafts or science, or this is a great time to bring out those kinds of bring out um, activities. Those interests. Yes, exactly. I've got one niece who's very interested in music. And so she's composing her own songs. She plays the her tunes. I guess they're not songs, uh -huh. but she plays the saxophone. And I have another a nephew who's into drums. So he's this is an opportunity uh -huh. for them to go deeper and pursue their interest in their musical studies. Yeah. Not just do what they're told by the teacher, mm -hmm. right? They can go deeper. So, yeah, it's a very um, unusual, I mean, that's one of the words for these times, <laughs> isn't it? And it's an opportunity, too. And I think we're back to that. The more you can expand your frame of what the learn, where the learning is taking place and how it's taking place, the more fun it's going to be for you and for the young people. But I like, right. I always like remembering the fact that they're learning all the time. So you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to take over that curriculum. Uh, you don't have to be a part of that necessarily. You can let the teacher handle that and trust that there's great learning going on in what you're mm -hmm. offering during the day. And for the younger kids, like let's say kindergarten, first, second, mm -hmm. I know a lot of parents are worried about them because 
the teacher's not hands-on, you know, so they become the hands-on teacher. But again, just, you know, just relax a little bit. Um, if they don't, uh, if they're not doing, quote, school the way they do in school, it'll, it'll be okay. We're just talking about a couple months here at the end of the year. So next year, they're going to review everything anyway. They always do. Always do. Every single year for about three months, everything is reviewed all over again. And um, we know the studies about children who are, uh, they're on a different time frame in their development mm -hmm. and that they reach the same benchmarks as the children who are on the faster time right. frame. They catch up and function. We, you know, we, we call it grade level. Yeah. Or, yeah. We use that term a lot. So there's a lot of evidence supporting that we can have breaks from the learning. Yeah, the way you're talking about it. <laughs> it could be good for you. Clear yeah, your to head. Take the pressure off. Uh -huh. Yeah, yes. And games. Games are great, too. I mean, some of the classic games like Monopoly, um, they teach so much. Just actually playing the game teaches you things. But some games, like, for example, Monopoly, you're also doing math there and money, working with money. So um, bring out the games or the puzzles or those kinds of things and have fun with those, too. But again, like you said, explore their interests. You probably already know their interests, but you can always go deeper and find out what they'd like to do. Because, you know, there are students, even young ones, who can spend hours researching a topic that they love. I mean, that is real learning. Or maybe Indeed. putting a scrapbook together. Well, and yeah, and with this technology, you can connect kids with, with experts, so to yeah. speak, in the field that they can talk things over yeah. with people. And yeah, so yeah. take take advantage yeah. of what we've got here to go in depth and explore new avenues for Definitely. learning. And of course, this isn't just for this time. I mean, right now, we're seeing parents having to have school at home, but mm -hmm. all of these principles that we're talking about, um, concepts that we're talking about, you know, go for any time, really, whether you're helping with homework or whether you are a homeschooler um, or whether you're uh, helping your traditionally schooled child um, with a project or whatever. Indeed. All of these things apply. And there's one more thing I'd like yeah. to add. It's all right if your children feel bored. That is an alarm word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a child says, I feel bored. Or I'm, they don't say, I feel bored. Yeah, they, they say, say I'm, I'm bored. bored. Disconnect yourself from that word and let them be bored. <laughs> Some of the most creative things happen when the child's left alone. I used to say to my son, okay, well, how about it? Get on a project. But I wouldn't try to fix it for him. I uh -huh. wouldn't try to make something up that's fun for him. Uh -huh. Let them be bored and see what happens. Yeah. And, and another thing is um, 
I mean, this is a great uh, point that you brought in, but it somehow it made me think of something connected to what you were talking about before, about making games. Oh, yes. Kids love to make tests that they then give <laughs> to their parents <laughs> or their teachers. Parents. <laughs> <laughs> so you might suggest that because they don't they might not think of it but if you give them the idea there are a lot of kids that love to do that whether it's about something they are actually studying for school you know a topic in Mm -hmm. science or history because if you are making a test you have to learn the information you know to make the (laughs) test and then they give it to their parents and of course probably can't pass it because I know I couldn't. <laughs> As I said before, <laughs> I don't remember any history or science. But that makes it fun for the kids because they know it, but you don't. Or, and they, yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, they love switching the roles like Yeah, where well, they're the one who knows. <laughs> right. Or they could make a test about a topic of interest for them that maybe is not connected to what they're learning right now they're in studying, school, but whatever yeah. they're doing, whether it is music or they're interested in um, the planets or, you know, dinosaurs, whatever it is, it could be information they already just know, um, and they could make a test for other people or a game of some kind of, around that. Around that subject, yeah, yeah. yeah. That information, so, yeah. Oh, those are some other ideas. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay, right. anything else to add? I anything? think that covers it for today. But I love I love the fact that you can be uh, an expert in learning in your own realm. Yes. And help your children to investigate yes. where their minds want to go. So don't worry about not being a teacher, but just, you know, even think back to when your kids were little, you were their teacher. You were their first teacher, so I don't think you did so badly. Probably you did a really great job, and so you can continue that now. And I think that's it for now. I think that's it for now. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.